All right, y'all know what it is, man. Let's get this started. The other thing is that America freed the slaves in 19, I mean, 1863 through the Emancipation Proclamation of Abraham Lincoln, but gave the slaves no land or nothing in reality, and as a matter of fact, to, to get started on. At the same time, America was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that there was a willingness to give the white peasants from Europe an economic base. And yet it refused to give its black peasants from Africa who came here involuntarily in chains and had worked free for 244 years any kind of economic base. And so emancipation for the Negro was really freedom to hunger. It was freedom uh, to the winds and rains of heaven. It was freedom without food to eat or land to cultivate, and therefore it was freedom and famine at the same time. And when white Americans tell the Negro to lift himself by his own bootstraps, they don't, they don't look over the legacy of slavery and segregation. I believe we ought to do all we can and seek to lift ourselves by our own bootstraps. But uh, it's a cruel jest to say to a bootless man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. And many Negroes, by the thousands and millions, have been left bootless as a result of all of these years of oppression and as a result of a society that deliberately made his color a stigma and something worthless and degrading. Welcome to episode six of the Lawrence Dufran podcast. Listen, man, we need to make sure that we're praying for Texas. Are y'all praying for Texas? That There's some grimy stuff going on in Texas. I don't know all the details, but from what I'm hearing, uh, they decided to cut the power off. Um, people's pipes was busting, uh, floods everywhere, no heat, uh, you know, I mean, no power. And the people are struggling, and it's not because of the storm. It wasn't because of the snow. First off, this snow is very disrespectful. <laughs> it doesn't hit the whole nation. Like, what in the world is going on? This snow is extremely disrespectful. But when I first heard about what was going on in Texas, I started thought that it was the storm that caused texas to lose power well 
I was corrected by Texas residents, and they made it abundantly clear that the storm had nothing to do with it in the sense of it didn't knock out the power grid or nothing like that, but rather the power company, which is privatized, I might add, made a decision to cut power because it could not handle uh, the capacity of the people who need heat. Now, if you are a power company, a utility company, and you cannot handle the capacity for people to get heat, I'm going to need Texas to have ulterior um, options. We need alternate options. There's no reason for the residents to be subject to an insufficient utility company. And let me also say this, because, you know, it, it happens over and over again. At some point, we have to learn to not depend on these systems, uh, whether it be the government, uh, locally or nationally. At some point, there needs to be an understanding that we have to take care of ourselves. Because at the end of the day, they're going to do what's best for them. And they're going to create a narrative that will supposedly not make them look like bad guys. Uh, but when I'm seeing these bus pipes, uh, the, the, these pipes bust, <laughs> when I'm seeing um, houses getting down to even 50 degrees, 23 degrees, I think somebody's apartment was, uh, you know, um, when, when I, when I'm seeing the, when I'm hearing these stories, the only question that, that I have is, will the utility company be liable for the damage? But we know the answer to that. We know the answer is no. And since they're not going to take liability, since they're not going to take responsibility for the damage that ultimately their decision caused, you know, I mean, fight for what's right, get, get what you can get. But ultimately there needs to be a decision made that says, I am going to take care of myself. And this is not this is not about a privileged thing, you know, because I do understand that there are poor people out there um, who lack resources. And so what I am saying is at some point you have to develop a plan with your community that includes the poor people, middle class, rich people, whatever it is. And I'm going to tell you something, a bunch of poor people putting their resources together, you, you're not going to be poor no more. Will it require some level of sacrifice? Absolutely. See, I don't want to. I don't want to continue stereotypes, but I know families even here in Huntsville, Alabama, where there'll be four or five families living together just so that they can save on rent and utilities. And everybody works. They pull their money together, and they eventually start a business. And then they bring in those resources, and then they will get another spot, whether it be a house or an apartment. And guess what they do? Yep, they do it again. They find other families to come join them, and and all. All they're doing is pulling in their money and are they sacrificing um you know their space yes they're sacrificing their space are they sacrificing their their privacy quote unquote to a degree yes they're sacrificing their privacy but they're doing it to ensure that they can take care of themselves there are just certain sacrifices you're gonna have to make if you're in a position to not take care of yourself uh, uh we don't live for luxury we need to first survive and then we thrive. And and I cannot say that we are surviving if if the government or if the power company can make a decision to cut our power and now our pipes are busting. <laughs> you know what I mean? They cut our power and now our families are freezing. Like that that to me doesn't sound like we we are taking care of ourselves. Um, and man, the, the stuff that the politicians were saying was crazy. Only the strong will survive. What kind of mess? What kind of mess and what kind of messaging is that?
to say to people who are struggling because of decisions that you've made to, to, to suck it up. No, you should have never made that decision. At the same time, we as a people, I am urging us to really open up our eyes and realize that what is right is not what's always done. And when they make an immoral decision, we're the ones who get affected by that. They're, they're going to Cancun chilling, living the best life, right? We're the ones who's dying. We're the ones who's suffering when they decide to be immoral. So I don't. we need to stop trying to, to appease the moral compass of wicked and greedy people. Did you hear what I just said? We need to stop trying to cater to. We need to stop trying to appeal to the moral compass of wicked and greedy people. What we have to do is find a way to survive in spite of their wickedness. I'm not saying to not call it out when you see it. I'm not saying to not hold them accountable, whatever that means. I'm still waiting to see what that looks like because already people are talking about re-elections. No, I, we need answers now for Texas. Uh, we don't need to wait to vote some people out. These families need assistance now. And so please, if you're in Texas or if you know someone in Texas, whatever we we can do as a nation, as a community, to get justice, to get assistance, to get what needs to get done to make this right. Please let me know because I am thoroughly, thoroughly invested in this because I just I don't like to see our people struggle because of the greed and the mismanagement of systems that never believed in us anyway. We have to pull it together however we can. On another note, <laughs> Yo, my homegirl just called me and told me about some news. For you know what? I'm 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 gonna play for y'all. I want y'all to hear this. Daughters of Malcolm X joined civil rights attorney Ben Crump today to reveal what they say is evidence proving the NYPD and the FBI conspired to have him assassinated. The civil rights activist and prominent figure in the Nation of Islam was killed at the Audubon Ballroom in February 1965. Three men were convicted, but over the years there have been conspiracy theories about whether someone else was responsible. Well, today the cousin of a now deceased police officer says that in a deathbed declaration letter, officer Ray Wood claimed his job was to infiltrate civil rights organizations and encourage leaders and members to commit felonies. He also claimed he was ordered to have Malcolm X's security detail arrested days before his assassination. Now attorney Ben Crump is calling on the Manhattan DA to take action. The question is, will they act to finally give restorative justice? Any evidence that provides greater insight into the truth behind that terrible tragedy should be thoroughly investigated. We've reached out to the NYPD, the FBI, and the Manhattan DA for a comment, but so far have not heard back. Now, for those of us who have done our research, we already knew that the government was involved in the assassination of Malcolm X. So that's not news to us. The fact that it's going public, I think is very interesting. Um, and Ben, Ben Crump, I don't really like this guy. He, he seems to always be around, but I don't see any of his results. Now I could be wrong. Listen, I could be wrong. Y'all let me know. Y'all tweet me. Y'all Facebook me. If you know any cases, he's actually winning. He seems to always be the first guy to, to, to get wind of something and to get, you know, to, to move and to get those, that type of publicity, but I don't see him getting real results. Am I tripping? Maybe I'm just missing informed please if i'm misinformed let me know but anyway we knew that the government was behind the assassination of malcolm x 
uh, uh, we knew that the FBI was involved. Um, the NYPD, th- that, that's kind of news to me, but that doesn't surprise me. But if you listen to what it was, it wasn't just uh, the Nation of Islam. It wasn't just Malcolm X. It was all black uh, organizations. They would be infiltrated. This officer was commissioned to infiltrate these organizations and encourage the members to commit felonies. We've been saying this forever. We need to stop blaming our people because there are forces that are coming in. They're wolves in sheep clothing. They're, they look like us. They try to talk like us. They, they want to befriend us. But the reality is they are not for us. And they want to create a narrative that says we're the violent ones. They want to create a narrative that says we're the criminals. But it's really them infiltrating our groups and our systems. At some point, we need to learn how to love and trust each other. And what I mean by that is we have to change the narrative and stop saying that we're the savages. Because every time every time a black organization goes down, we want to talk about black people turning on black people. Well, guess what? This was the government doing what the government does. And that is turning against black people. And yes, are there certain black people that sell out to the government? Absolutely. But we need to recognize that everyone who's your skin folk ain't your kin folk. And there needs to be a certain level of understanding that they don't represent us. And so once you realize that the puppet master is not black people, but the puppet master is the same system that we've been fighting against since we've entered onto this land, we need to call the enemy out by its name. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so let's not just fault the black man who they hired. Let's also consider that it was their design. It was their weapons. It was their plans. They made it happen. And the black man, he, he was he was weaker. He felt a certain type of way. Obviously, he wrote this letter and condolences to the family. I don't want to be insensitive to the fact that he was still a person outside of the transgressions and crimes that he committed. But we need to free those men who are in prison right now for the death of Malcolm X because they we been saying it over and over again they had nothing to do with it um but but yet and still they locked up innocent men took took 20 to 25 years of their lives that can never be restored i mean this thing is just this is sickening guys this is sickening this outrages me and i I don't know what it does to you but it outrages me with that being said i got my good friend jazz here and we're about to have a dope conversation about mlk all right so i'm here with my friend one of my besties, one of the best females in the world, next to my queen. Uh, <laughs> how you doing, Jasmine? I am well. How are you? I am awesome. I feel good. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the people real quick? I am Jasmine Wade, woman first, lover of yeah. God, wife, mother, friend, sister, uh, cousin, all of that, um, and entrepreneur. So... Uh, that's me, lover of history. I'm just, listen, I'm just somebody who is just trying not to leave here without making a difference. I hear that. She says lover of history like she doesn't have a history degree, but that's okay. Lover <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know, of history. I, 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 I'm a lover of history because I don't have a history degree. I just. You read. do. All, all, in any individual who has a theology degree is mm. essentially history adjacent. Don't blame me. That's true. No, you're right. You're right. That's absolutely true. <laughs> so we're about to have a conversation that we've been having uh, behind closed doors forever. 
12 plus years. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just going to ask the question. Should we okay. cancel MLK? I can't stand you. And <laughs> no, but I do think that the conversation um, needs to be had about to how do we keep our um, leaders accountable? Should we keep our leaders accountable? Is it necessary to, if somebody is potentially or allegedly trash in their personal life, mm-hmm. does that negate um, what they've done socially, you know, um, legislatively? Um, and that's, that is more of the conversation we need to have. Um, but yeah, that's, it's definitely hard, but I want to ask you, because a lot of people are like, why are you just asking that question? What right. would prompt you to say, should we cancel MLK? Right. And and thank you for saying that, because a lot of people, they don't know, some people at least, they don't know the history of MLK's personal life um, with him uh, sleeping with uh, multiple women, cheating on Coretta. Um, and not just like cheating, but I mean, I heard some gruesome. I mean, for now, there are rumors, but the FBI files will be released, I believe, 2027 or something like yes, that. Yes, 2027. Uh, they were supposed to be released, actually, under the Trump administration. The And they're a part of, ironically enough, they are, it's not his files, it's actually in the JFK files. Mm. And they were surprised that in the JFK files, that there is just this whole section on MLK. So allegedly, but there's, I mean, if we want to go down that road, we could go down that road. I mean, let's let's go there. We're here. Let's do it. Let's put the people on. So, okay. In a nutshell, without like getting too lost in the details, because I love the details, but essentially, um, the F- these FBI files are the files that the U.S. government are going to release just on the assassination, JFK's conversations. And this is nothing new. The government, after so many years under certain presidencies, they will release, um, declassify certain information mm-hmm. um, and release it to the public. The reason why, I guess, I want to say it was like 2000 and four or six. But the reason why it was so interesting, because there's also a case um, that was brought back um, into state, I believe, in federal courts about the actual assassination and the U.S. government's role um, Mm -hmm. and all of that. I mean, ballistics reports and things like that that actually corroborate that it's not what it seems and that this thing goes a whole lot deeper. And um, my educated guess, based off of the the little things, so they partially released certain aspects of the FBI files. And we know um, J. Edgar Hoover mm-hmm. was a patriot in its true sense. And I mean that sarcastically. <laughs> um, and... I mean, they the, the famous suicide note that he pretty much wrote to MLK, basically mm. telling him to kill himself. Um, he is a fraud, and there are things that he's going to um, release to the public to discredit him. And um, in fact, this is what we see like in movies or documentaries that the FBI then sends this package um, that was for King. His wife receives it. 
And it's supposedly, allegedly, um, salacious material about King's whereabouts on the road and with other women. Yes. Um, so that is what that is the fulcrum that we are having this conversation um, about MLK. If right. things are allegedly true. And so I want to flip this back on you before we <laughs> cancel. Because here's the thing. Um, J. Edgar Hoover was ruthless. Mm. Ruthless. So so I'm not saying that it didn't happen because I think with um, all of the extramarital affairs and children mm-hmm. revealed mm. over the years with these civil rights um, activists and and still influential men um, and leaders inside the community that still have done good. But right. you, know, you got, um, you know, Jet Magazine doing pieces on, you know, the side pieces of mm. the rights movement. Um, and so we know there may be some merit um, to what was insinuated, but see Hoover, I mean, he just did not, um, he didn't play games. So right. for me, it's like, if he had this information, they did not, even though, so let me put this in here, history, the way that they have chosen to tell history, mm-hmm. um, I think actually kind of put the, now puts the U S government in a bind to mm-hmm. actually Tell the truth because he was just as hated. He was the most hated, in mm. quotes, um, man in the United States. Um, and people try to paint it like it was so much so Malcolm X, yeah. but it's, it was the both of them. Yep. And so my thing is, there is nothing actually, it's um, if we go back to Marcus Garvey. Mm. J. Edgar, like they, the FBI was releasing documents, you know, calling him a fraud. Matter of fact, everything that they accused him of, the only thing that they got Garvey on, I think, was tax evasion. That's how they get all of us. It's always <laughs> tax evasion. <laughs> Pay your taxes. That's um, it. <laughs> which is interesting because it's like if you have all of this information, mm-hmm. then why don't you just release the proof? You know right, where. Right. Um, where are your receipts? If you have all these receipts. So for me, um, Hoover and the United States government um, never missed words or held back when it came to um, printing out salacious material against people mm-hmm. that they didn't like. They did it to Eartha Kitt, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. during her prime and tried to cancel her. So mm-hmm. um, my thing is, if these are true because I, I, I has, as I, you know, kind of ingested a lot of information. I'm like, but Hoover ain't no punk though. Like right. he would have released, think about it. I mean, in the prime when Michael was, I mean, Martin was um, held as his saint, right. Mm-hmm. It would have been like, honestly, prime time for them to just demolish the Southern Christian council and mm-hmm. um, the civil rights movement, your leaders are trash, you know, like why not just release the receipts? Why do you have to, why go through the lengths of trying to get him to commit suicide? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And granted yeah. they're all different tactics, but history would show that Hoover, when he had the receipts, mm-hmm. you know, there was a certain way where he would just release 
you know, stuff in a very just kind of here it is. Yeah, here it yeah, is. Here it is. Yeah. So my thing is, if it was what he's, you know, what they said that they had on him, why didn't they release it? Because Coretta actually, before you answer, Coretta, the interesting thing that blew my mind, which has me on this now, is that in her own words, I heard an interview with Coretta basically saying she didn't believe the FBI. And she said, I know my husband. And mm. however, at the same time, Coretta was probably more down for the cause. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and just even that generation there are certain things that they were willing to sacrifice. Exactly. So it's one of those things, especially as a wife, as a woman, you know, if it's one of those things, even if he was, I'll take it to my grave, but we can't deal with, um, you know, just kind of a hypothesis when out of her words, yeah, she said, I don't believe them. And these are people who were harassing her family. So, okay, go mm -hmm. ahead. Go ahead. So, so, so a couple of things. Number one, we have to consider, um, at that time, women were not esteemed as high as they are now. And most of his crimes would be crimes against women. So the, he might he might put a dent in the, the church arena, but I don't think it would have done damage in the national arena because there's plenty of people who would have just been like, I mean, my uncle liked that. You know what I mean? My granddad liked that. And to and to be clear, just to let the people know, this isn't like new information because Spike Lee alluded to it even in his movie Malcolm X, uh, when he was uh when they was tapping Malcolm X's phone. You know, he he said a line that was like, next to King, he looks like a saint. Malcolm X is like a saint. And so he was already kind of dropping that hint, you know, that there are certain things that uh Martin Luther King uh, was about that was morally could be considered morally compromising um also i think a lot of what he did was with consensual adults except i did hear some rumors of him kind of flexing his power a little bit you know uh to get certain women uh, to to sleep with him and to do these sexual things um there's testimonies from his bodyguard who um or his best friend out or both, I don't even know his real, his true status, but people who was close to him who kind of was like, yeah, King was a hoe, King was out there, you know, and it, it becomes one of those things where um, I guess in the U.S. we we judge morality differently, you know what I mean? And so um, King being a hoe with, with consensual... Allegedly. You know, allegedly King being a hoe with <laughs> consensual women <laughs> may not bother the nation um, at that time. And so when it comes to information, even though Hoover was ruthless, they, the, the, the government has their secrets for a reason. And they know the power and the value of information. Because even his assassination, uh, which you brought up, when it started coming out that, you know, the bullet didn't kill him. And that, you know, he was alive at the hospital. And how there, there's Tennessee police and mafia kind of getting involved and uh, you know all of that stuff that i don't know will come out uh, you know in full well it's already out you people know, have been talking is. about it i mean it will i mean there's just certain uh i think in today's today's courts if they were interested in any type of restorative justice mm -hmm. um the thing is we're in a time, especially um, during this post-Trump era, um, where everything is called into question, and rightfully so. So it is 
I mean, if the government would just deal with its hypocrite, like Hippocratic nature mm -hmm. of, yeah, like you've done certain things. So there is a reason not to trust you. But at the same time, we're like, we need to trust in our governmental institutions. But then when you start, so they just need to like own up and say X, Y, and Z, because if what we fail to understand is like, if you're taking an oath, right? Mm -hmm. and this is in no way endorsing um, J. Edgar Hoover. Um, what I am saying, though, is when you talk about these um, elected officials that are sworn to protect against enemies, domestic and foreign, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, even as a black community, if you take the emotions out of it, if somebody in wh whatever community is threatening mm. the establishment of mm -hmm. how a society and a government runs, mm -hmm. then you probably are considered a threat. Yeah, I mean, correct, just correct. look at the open files of how he talks about Marcus Garvey. Um, and it they weren't even talking about equality. They were talking about give, just give us our own. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. Okay, you don't want to give us our own? Okay, let's go to Africa. Right. We're literally doing... Right what like we're doing what y'all want us to do right you want us to leave right yeah and and but we find out that's a whole nother wormhole this is this is what gets us in trouble lawrence because there's like <laughs> wormholes in the wormholes in the wormholes I absolutely because um even that within itself you know marcus garvey was willing to call the bluff mm. of um the united states government and it and he became he transitioned from just being an um idealist Mm -hmm. um uh to a revolutionary in yeah. that actually had financial the moment Marcus Garvey's movement got the financial backing mm -hmm. and international support mm -hmm. then it became a threat Absolutely. because while you know they were talking oh you guys are this or we don't want to do this he's like all right bet we're going to move and then we're going to go to Ghana um unfortunately you know our brothers and sisters on the other continent sold us out mm -hmm. um, to a certain degree, but I can't even hate because the way that all of these systems are set up, you know, mm -hmm. it was pretty much almost like a Haiti situation, but they put, they made them an offer they couldn't refuse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I could have respected that situation. Y'all have to do your own research. Mm -hmm. If, the actual government in um, not Ghana, Liberia, mm -hmm. my bad correction, um, would have distributed the wealth or whatever deal that they made, at least make it work for your people. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. this, ain't, this is not even a deal that's working for your people. It's crazy. Uh, but so, yeah, 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 yeah. So let me get back on tap. I'm sorry. No, no. You look. This is this is good information because it's and and going back to releasing the information. While while we want to believe that um, all white people are pro government, the reality is that's not true. And some of the tactics they use to get information is illegal. And there would there would be white people who would challenge that and say, "How did you even like?" They may not. Like there's certain things you can turn a blind eye to. Like I'm talking about white folks. They can they can kind of leave a certain level of reasonable doubt and mm -hmm. kind of turn a blind eye to it. Yes, there were lynch mobs, and I'm not trying to, you know, cape for any white folk. Not at all. Cause they they were ruthless. But mm -hmm. there was still a handful of white folks who 
who honestly, sincerely believe that these men were threats. Yes. And if the narrative was not mm-hmm. carefully handled, if there, if there was any solid proof of propaganda and mm-hmm. misinformation, the whole country could have turned against the government. I can, and- I can definitely, I will give you that a hundred percent because that's what's happening now, yep. ironically enough. And and here's the thing: even presidents are surveilled. You know, mm. um, there are. I think when these JFK files <laughs> come out, I think even um, how the and it's and it's not to say that. Um, the knock JFK, but I just think that the fashion in which we shape his legacy mm-hmm. um, would be will be just a slightly different because understand this under any administration, under very rare occasions, there let's just say that the president is not ignorant to who is being surveyed and to to what capacity. Absolutely. But they are aware. Yeah, yeah. So, when they're in that room, they know. They get briefed. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but I, I, I definitely hear you with, with that. And I think that's, we see that tension now um, with the fact that I think um, there's a certain aloofness um, when we talk about whiteness or otherness or people who have kind of fully assimilated themselves into white culture Mm -hmm. have just, completely live in a space where they think that it happens to others and they don't realize that it can happen to them or it yeah. already is, which yeah. is why um, after 9-11, um, the, the Patriot Act, which people don't realize was so significant because mm. it actually legally gave the government um, right. to do what they were already doing in years previously exactly. in the yep. name freedom and patriotism. Um, Yeah. And which is why I love, you know, before we continue, which is why I love history, because when I was, um, you know, in my undergrad and studying, especially Latin American history Mm -hmm. and you, and when you start reading and just doing your research and you like, yo, like the, you just the hand that the U S government has and the things that we have done in the Latin American countries and abroad, yeah. You have to stop and say, if we're doing it to them, right. how easy, like how much more easy is it to do it, you know, at home? But bring the conversation back to MLK. Part yeah. of the reason why I asked the question if MLK should be canceled is because, yes, he contributed a lot, but he also did, you know, a lot of immoral things. Um, and like I said, we, we grade allegedly did some immoral things. So I guess maybe when the when the facts or the truth comes out, we can revisit that conversation. But when when I think of MLK and I think of Bill Cosby, people get so mad when I even compare the two. The the contribution that Bill Cosby has given to the black community is is priceless. Like he the the amount of people he's put through colleges, the amount of positive television at a time where you didn't see a lot of black positive television, Bill Cosby being one of the forerunners in that. Um, the just and I mean, Bill Cosby though he wasn't a saint. I mean, even back then, Bill Cosby, you know, was a very imperfect man. Um, but his contribution to the community, you can't really put a price to it. And black people were so quick to cancel Bill Cosby 
because of his transgressions without considering the weight of his contribution. And it's not to say it's a, it's a get out of jail free card. Cause it's like what you're saying, how do we hold our leader, leaders accountable mm-hmm. is a better question. But if we're going to cancel Bill Cosby, if, that, if that's the, if that's the appropriate response, then why not cancel MLK too? You see what I'm saying? So let me say this. So I would say, you, I have to unpack so much. Go ahead. So one, I will say if somebody is negating the, impl- and the impact that Bill Cosby has, they're just ignorant to what he was doing during his time because he was actually speaking out about injustices mm-hmm. um, in a very Mr. Roger E type of package, mm-hmm. right? And he was doing something in a space where nobody was doing and he was free to do it. And he would, he would cold switch, you know, mm-hmm. in a minute, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which was so brilliant about him, which was why he was intentional about owning his own emprise and writing certain things. Mm-hmm. Um And he was a social justice advocate in his own right. I will say that I disagree with you in that the black community was so quick Mm. to cancel him only because you had, I think, one, I think that um, people underestimate seasons. Sometimes Mm. it is, and maybe this supports your point earlier, but sometimes you can have the right information, but it's the wrong season to release it. And it's, it's one of those things kind of like a uh, marketing or presentation one-on-one, know your audience mm-hmm. and where they're at. And so um, he, he had years of, of complaints from women, mm. you know? So it wasn't like overnight, you know, it, it was just this, you know, kind of, I think uh, of just kind of this came out of nowhere. It didn't come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, what made people even more infuriated, especially during, you know, just the apex of Me Too, was mm-hmm. that once you realize that this this behavior was going on and nobody did anything about it, mm-hmm. um, it transitions from any type of kind of restorative justice, even for Bill Cosby himself and mm-hmm. the victims, it it then goes to, all right, like, then we just need to clean it all because there is not going to be accountability as long as, you know, you guys, matter of fact, you guys are rewarding mm-hmm. um, certain nefarious behavior, you know, yeah. and, Absolutely. and people are just done. It's kind of like, okay, there is no more capacity for grace because right. really grace has been given and the system has just failed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? I honest, I honestly think in addition to that, I think a lot of people were triggered because they got daddy issues. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that as flippantly. I'm saying the view that we took on as Bill Cosby mm. or some of us in the community. Yeah. Um, no matter what your ethnicity was, he gave us a safe father space. Yeah. yeah. Those of us who didn't have that consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it wasn't just Bill Cosby like shook up the community because we were having an identity crisis. We could not separate the man, you know, flesh and blood from the man he maybe wished he was. Mm. I think we do the same thing with MLK 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we do that same thing with a lot of our leaders. It seems like the moment their transgressions are put to the forefront, and let me be abundantly clear, this is not to justify any transgressions. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it as if we should even minimize anybody's transgressions to say, mm-hmm. oh, because they're so big, we can overlook their transgressions. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is there needs to be a way to deal with their transgression while still utilizing their contribution that positively impacts the community because we only have so many like like we're building black people in America are building a culture from scratch you know what i'm saying like they removed everything from black people in America they removed it all and so what you see in, in Bill Cosby and even in MLK and what you see in, in hip hop, what you see in the Harlem Renaissance, you know, that's that is building black culture from the ashes. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to be so quick because a, a people without a culture is a failing people. There needs to be something that we can identify as ours. And so while, yes, you know, and and if, if I can even go go further with that, black people in America are treated aren't treated like Americans. You know what I mean? Black people in America are treated like foreigners, though we could be born here. You know what I mean? This is all we know. America has a way of reminding black people that they're not equal and they're not wanted. In so, in so many ways, they, they'll say that. The only way that we can survive such treatment is to have a space where we know we're accepted. Dick Gregory was brilliant. Yeah. Encompassed in a Black body. Absolutely. Um, underrated brilliance, I should add. People uh, sleep on him. Underrated. But it was interesting, upon his death, I was like reading some articles. Um, I have the habit of um, looking at or looking up stuff written by like the children um, Uh, of certain leaders because how your family views you says a a lot more about you than how, to me, how mm -hmm. the world views you. Mm -hmm. And it was was something by one of his children basically, and I wanna say in an interview, he admitted that he was a piss poor father. Mm -hmm. It was um, that the cause for justice mm-hmm. and to speak truth came before the family. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in in our leaders, and this is across the board, in order for you and me to receive the benefits and, and the graciousness and the brilliance of Dick Gregory and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Bill Cosby, generally, almost always, no matter what whatever moral failures they may have, it comes at a, a price. I mm-hmm. don't think that, um, I think that there's always going to be this tension where you have a great social leader mm. and a horrible ethical and moral leader. So are you are you now justifying all the failing fathers who are pastors? Is, is that what I'm is that what I'm hearing? Because no. the church No, you're you trying to, oh, you're trying to provoke me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what I am saying is is that often I think it is and so if in taking King specifically, because he went by the title reverend, mm. right? 
then it denotes certain certain aspects mm. of mm. Christianity. So even though women um, and we're still fighting for our our place, it doesn't matter mm. if it's the same argument when Obama was in office. Like it doesn't mm. matter. I mean, it does matter. And I'm happy for Kamala and she's representing well. What mm -hmm. I'm saying is women are still fighting. Yes, women yes. Still don't have equal pay. You yes. know what I mean? Like. Mm -hmm. But I digress. Martin Luther King, I would be highly disappointed in him morally and ethically. It would be hard to receive certain aspects mm. of his messaging on your neighbor in love mm. if he was not doing that for his wife. Mm. Wow. And and that's that's what it was for me. For mm -hmm. some people, it, it you know whatever you do for the cause, you do for the cause. But I believe that if you truly believe the message that you're selling, it right. should first reform and transform your own life. I agree. I agree. And if the message of loving your neighbor and your first neighbor being your kids and your wife mm -hmm. is that contract of love is breached in the family. Mm, mercy. Then I I would question the authenticity mm. of of the message, but I still would not negate to acknowledge and honor mm -hmm. the contribution. It's it it is selfish in nature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate that you might have been horrible to your wife and your kids. It's unfortunate that when when you were home, that you still couldn't be home. Because you're still, when you're still not home, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and even from his mouth and, and his wife's mouth and the kids, you know that his it was hard for him to be present. Mm -hmm. you no, know? yeah, um, yeah. This is the necessary. It's almost going to happen. There is a sacrifice mm -hmm. that will happen, and it usually is along the scales of moral failure. Because mm -hmm. if I'm, let's, let's, it is. Because if we're talking about morality, and morality is um is it is subjective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so what was more important for you to be home with your kids and make memories of your with your kids mm. or to be out in the streets and strategize about how to bring light to a social issue, even though your wife is home with your daughter when your house is bombed. Mm, mercy, you know, because you know, that and, didn't stop him. That did. That did not. That did not stop. That didn't even stop um, Coretta. You know, yeah, and yeah. So it I it, it becomes murky water. And I think that as we continue this conversation, I will just say it now: there is no black and white. This Agreed. is the Agreed. complex nature of yes. our leaders, which is why it's like, okay, you know, we talk about the forefathers, but some of them owned slaves or mm -hmm. some of them did this and that. And the reality is we got to take the package. You mentioned oh. pastors. Some of them are very gifted and some of them have transformed other people's lives by their words. But we also have to accept the fact that, that there is a level of awakening through their words that they were used to impact our lives. But then there's an also a fact of kind of like a, of an imposter mm -hmm. of a person. You have to acknowledge that this person might not have truly believed what it was mm. that they were peddling you in the first place. Mercy. That, yeah. That it was false advertising. And, and then you have a whole nother category of group where at the end of the day, it's like, damn, 
Like we're all, and it's it's not an excuse, but none of our closets are clean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this goes for the pastor, the minister, the social justice advocate that is struggling with pornography or struggling with anger, unresolved trauma that manifests itself into other things, but you mm-hmm. still feel a call for justice. Mm-hmm, does mm-hmm. your moral, does the weight of your moral inequities or inaptitudes keep you from pursuing still light mm-hmm. in a certain area? The issue becomes when it's not transformative. Mm-hmm. When, when what it is that you are seeking truly something that reforms your own life, your own neighborhood, your own community. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, but you're, you're bringing up like really major and important points um, that needs to be considered, especially when it comes to the necessary sacrifice. If there is any one of our leaders who is making uh, a major impact. And by major impact, I mean on a national level, on a global level. There is a sacrifice. They cannot be as available to their families um, because of the work necessary, you know. At the same time, there is a way you can conduct yourself when you're not home that could honor your your family in your absence mm-hmm. um, that I think also needs to be highlighted. And this is not to say, you know, if you can't control yourself, then don't be a leader. But it is to say, if you can't control yourself, don't be a leader. Because the weight of the movement can be completely dropped at your shortcomings mm-hmm. because of how we build things on you. And I think that's something that black people need to stop doing, stop building whole whole uh structures on the person mm-hmm. and start really focusing on the message and the principles because of that person if if fault rises about that person, like you said, it sh- it doesn't negate the truth Mm-hmm. of whatever the message was. It doesn't negate the truth of whatever the policy was, mm-hmm. X, Y, you know. And so we need to be, we need to honor our leaders, obviously. Thank God for our leaders and all that. But we want to be very careful to not make the leaders the foundation. Because when it comes to black organizations specifically, when when you, when you cut the head off, the body dies, right? When these leaders yeah. get handled, the movement is done. It's, it's, it's done. And that's partially because people were, people are, I wish I could say were, but even now, people are more loyal to leadership than they are to the actual cause and movement. Bringing it full circle, then no matter what comes out in 2027, King cannot be canceled. I'm with you. Listen, <laughs> I, I am with you. I mean, I think King's contribution, and I think King has become a symbol and an icon. Yeah. He, he's become a myth. You know what I mean? He's become a legend. It's no longer the reality. The facts really no longer matter when it comes to King. I hate to say that, but when you start, when you when you put somebody, the, the community has put King in a mythical realm where it is more the symbol and the idea of King. Me and you both know the reality of King is never celebrated on Martin Luther King Day. 
Mm-hmm. It is the ideal, the symbol of king mm-hmm. that is celebrated on Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, but the ideals behind him are supposed to be enacted all 365 days of the year. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. So well, you I know, mean, the Western world is how we do. We pacify our passiveness by having a day that we can highlight. Look, Valentine's Day, um, celebrating love. Yeah. I, I, I should be celebrating love. Every day. Every, every day. day. Every day. You know what I mean? And so it's just a way to feel good about my lack of the love I celebrate. I can, I can say I love my wife because... I did something for Valentine's Day and anniversary. You you stepping on some toes. You stepping on some toes. Listen, the truth is the truth. Hey, if that works for you, if that works for your couple, that'd be that's you. But I know for happy couples, every happy couple that I know, that's not their philosophy. They love each other every day. They celebrate each other randomly. You know, and that might include anniversaries and Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. but it it could it could be a, just a random day, mm-hmm. and flowers are coming, and you know lingerie is put on. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. candles are lit. Like, what's this? Because I love you. Like, it don't matter what day it is. And yeah. so those are every happy every every happy couple I know mm-hmm. lives like that. Yeah, that's true. So I think I mean we've come to the conclusion. I mean, I I mean, just to be a little petty, that at the end of the day, Martin Luther King's personal life, whatever comes out, won't and shouldn't affect who he was as a leader. I agree. I agree. I just I I wonder, you know, it's all food for thought because I agree with you. I believe that him as a leader versus him as a man, you know, I, I believe we should. I believe our leaders, myself included, want those who are following us to be something better than us. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not the goal. Mm-hmm. We're the, we're the start. We're the beginning. Pass us. Mm-hmm. Surpass us. That that's the goal of every leader. Greater things will you do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so if we look at it from that perspective, then as long as they're giving us things to help us pass them, mm-hmm. then they're playing their part as leaders. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I said, I I would from a a front of a wife, I would feel some type of way. I don't know what's in those files. You know, that would if it was true, it would definitely hurt my heart a little bit, but not to look past. But it won't affect the core, especially towards King's when his message started to really change. It won't affect my view of him or his legacy um, but if I were to stumble upon, if the alleged allegations are true, and I were to stumble upon a, a king speech about family and respect, I I would not receive that. Just as if I, you know, was friends with a pastor, and you know, he was doing his family wrong, but he was preaching about uh, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. You know, or preaching about love and marriage and, you know, all these wonderful things. But who I know you to be at home. You already know me. There's certain mm-hmm. pastors and the Lord. And, and it's something with me. You know, honestly, it's hard for me once I once it's like apparent that mm-hmm. you are not interested in lining up your public philosophies with your private philosophies. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I can't listen to you. There are certain pastors that you know of right now that I cannot. There are certain artists that I'm just like, you know, and yep. it doesn't make them bad people. But for me, I think council culture has made everybody a monolith instead of saying, you do, here's the information, you yeah. do what it is what you would like. And Very so good. for me, if you are inconsistent with the with the image, then for me, that doesn't always sit well. Yeah, and yeah. so I can't bang with that. No, I, I actually agree with you. On, the only thing for me that's different, uh, well, let me let me say that so people can understand. I agree with you in that cancel culture is saying we all need to respond this way to the information. That's mm-hmm. a problem. We should present the information and let everybody choose. Mm-hmm. So if if I hear a speech from King and he's talking about you know, and everything is true in the FBI files or whatever. And, and he's talking about family and loving his wife and X, Y, Z. As long as he's not saying he does it, as long as he doesn't try to insert himself as someone to look to who's exemplifying these things, as long as he uses every other example but himself, <laughs> I can listen to it. The moment I hear him say, you know, this is the type of man I'm trying to be or a- any any of those things where he's inserted. Then I'm going to be like, nah, V, nah, nah, V. We know the truth, V, stop. And and to be fair, and to be fair, but, I, you know, we'd have, we'll need more information. I know what it's like to want to be something and consistently fail at being it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. there is a level of grace that I have for the struggle. Mm-hmm. But my prayer is that his struggle, if it if it was a struggle, his struggle would be documented just as much as his transgressions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, because I could say when when I was struggling with porn, when porn was a struggle for me, mm-hmm. when we would discuss porn, I would speak of it as a struggle. Be like, mm-hmm. yo. I just, I just, when I get those urges, I just, I, I go and I just turn it on and I don't want to, but it's like when that, when that moment hits, I just don't have the, the power and the strength. You know, I speak of it like it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't glorify it like, oh, I can't wait to find my video. And the, you know what I mean? It was, it was never like, <laughs> you know, and so my prayer is, you know, if he was sleeping around with women and all that, my prayer is they could, they would also be documentation where he's like, I want to be faithful to Coretta, but I have my knees and she's not around and these women are throwing themselves at me. And it's just, I, I just don't know how to say no. I would hope that that would be. Well, I mean, these are the FBI files. So I don't believe that they're going to carefully craft the struggle. <laughs> you, you raise a good point, but you, you rate. So with that being said, we also have to remember where these files are coming from and to take yeah. them with a yeah. the grain of salt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they're they're still going to create a particular narrative. Absolutely, so, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. This, as always, as always, I feel like we done hit some hot spots, but it's okay. That's what we do. That's what we do. Yeah, Jazz man. If someone wants to invite you to speak or to present, how can they find you? Um, you can um, reach out to me at the Isha um, company at gmail.com. Um, that is T H E I S H A H. 
co at gmail.com. I think, um, or you can also reach me at wadejasmine at gmail.com. You might just want to do that because I really feel like I just <laughs> spelled the other email wrong, but <laughs> I'm like listening as I'm talking to you. I'm also listening to my kid in the background and I'm like, I hope she's not like, tearing up something in the like background. A mom. Like, like a true like mom. Like a true mom. So just, um, yeah, if you want to reach out to me, um, Facebook is probably the most active that I'm on, if at all. But um, reach out to me at N-W-A-D-E, Jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N-E at Gmail. That's it. <laughs> also, also, well, thank you for your time and your insight. Yes. Um, and blessings on you. Blessings on you too, Law. We've been doing this, what, for 15 years? 12, 15 years. 12, 15 years. However long. Let me see. I've been married for 13 years, so at least 13 years. At least 13 years. This is this is what we have been doing. In, in between breaks right. uh, of going to class between, what, UAH and Oakwood? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It was a good conversation, honestly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I really hope that um, I just hope that I'm never that important for people to dig up my dirt. <laughs> I hear that, man. <laughs> I, I hear that. Look, I know one thing. If they dig up my dirt, there's going to be plenty of documentation where I say I was never perfect. So <laughs> whatever you find, you <laughs> I ain't never claimed to be perfect. And so whatever you find, you chalk it up to my imperfection because I ain't never claimed to be perfect ever, mm-hmm. ever yeah. have I ever. Yeah. And uh, and those seasons that you're talking about, those seasons are real too. I have imperfect imperfect seasons. I have mm-hmm. low seasons like the rest of them. So yeah. go ahead, yeah. dig it up if y'all want. <laughs> nah. nah, don't dig it. No, seriously, let's keep those under wraps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, love you, Jazz. Love you too, Law. Man, that thing is crazy, man. I want to thank my sister Jasmine for joining me on this particular podcast. Thank you for using your expertise uh, to help teach all of us a little something new. If you learned something new from this podcast, let me know. Did you know all that stuff um, about Martin Luther King, allegedly? You know what I mean? The the, the files haven't been released yet. And does it truly make a difference to you um, if his moral life was a little compromised, you know, or a lot of compromise. I don't want to minimize it and be insensitive. Does it really matter to you or are you kind of on that line of, well, nobody's perfect. And so, you know, we all do the best that we can at the end of the day. What he contributed to the community um, is so important that we can't just cancel MLK. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, IG. You could text me if you have my number. Email me if you have it. But let me know what your thoughts are. I'm very curious to know how this type of information might affect you. Um, other than that, be blessed. Remember to breathe because your power is in your breath and your breath comes from the creator. So it is the most valuable resource you have. Peace.